Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and kindle us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and shall renew the face of the earth. Lord, where two or more gathered in your presence, you are with us. So, thank Lord, you, we thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Really excited today to have a, a great guest on the show, Deacon Ron Chauvin. He is the deacon at Our Lady of Seton Catholic Church here in Lafayette. Welcome to the show, Deacon. Oh, it's a very big blessing and uh, to be here today. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of prayers going into this, and, yes, and a lot of blessings for the program and the guest and you and uh, co-host uh, Calvin here, and for the facilities that do the program. Blessings from above, with special blessings from the Blessed Mother. Awesome. Amen. So, yeah, Deacon stole my thunder, but our co-host is Mr. Calvin <laughs> James. Welcome to the show, Calvin. Thank you, Todd. It's a pleasure to be Let's here. Let's change it up today, Calvin. You asked the first question. Well, I want to uh, first. Uh, thank Ron for being here too, uh, Elizabeth Seaton. I know the pastor over there, uh, the priest, and he's a, a semi-good friend of mine. But I want to ask you, uh, you know, it's been a, a few years we've seen each other, but, it, you know, um, the Bible says that there's no strangers in the world, only friends we haven't met yet. So I want to ask you, uh, where are you now compared to where you were before you became a deacon? And uh, why don't you share some of that with me in the audience? Well, to be uh, spiritually speaking, the growth has been phenomenal. Amen. All right. Uh, while I was, when I met you about eight or ten years ago, I had not been in, uh, involved in the diaconate formation program. And one day I was asked uh, to, I was using what I knew to evangelize through the Don Bernard show yes. and also the uh, James Louvier, the Champions of Truth show. And uh, we would meet weekly, and sometimes I'd do the cameras, uh, and other times I would be on, on the air. People ask me, so how do you do that? I said, well, it's very easy. I said, you pray, and you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Plus, I had a little, a little cheat sheet that whenever questions <laughs> would come up. And as James or Don would be talking, I would always be in prayer. I never stopped praying Amen. because uh, the power of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit is, is strong enough to ward off any evil or any sidebar thoughts that are not good. So I used that. One day I was asked to join the formation team uh, to be a candidate for the diaconate. So I said, hmm, you know. So we feel, my wife and I got excited. We filled out the paperwork. We turned into paperwork. They went reviewed the paperwork. We got the letter in the mail. The letter in the mail, we opened it up. It says, Dear Mr. Chauvin, you have not been accepted to the program. Uh-oh. Bust me and my wife wide open. <laughs> wow. Just couldn't. The problem was pride of dignity of how much I liked boasting about what I did. Yeah. Okay. So he busted me down. So then... My son went to a meeting, and he met Deacon Kinsel. Deacon Kinsel sent a message. I know him. He says, tell your father they're going to be having another formation school for candidates and invite me to come over. We had already done all the paperwork. He said, you just come in and get, join in with the classes. They had already started. I said, hmm. So when he told me that, I started to ask him a question because I still had some overriding bad feelings about it. <laughs> and 
he puts his hand up and he looks at me and he goes, no questions, answer, yes or no. <laughs> I said, ooh. I said, no, because I was still f- fighting with those things. A little bit later on, every time I mentioned the deacon class, white. Finally, got I broke through that through prayers, and I decided that, well, let's go check it out again. So we went back again, open invitation, studied the four years and through the formation. Now, I just barely graduated from high school. Uh-huh. It was 41 years since I had been in school. These classes are master degree courses. I said, wow. So I started taking them. Some of them I could understand. Some of the teachings I couldn't. So I'd spent many hours sitting in the church with my books. And I would say, okay, Lord, this is what I have to study. Help me learn it. I would leave from the church two, three, four hours later, however long I needed to study, read with him, pray with him, get back home, go to class the next Saturday. Boom, bingo, the light comes on, makes the connection. Four years later, I got ordained as a priest. So now... From there, it's now been six years since I've been ordained a priest. I wow, mean a deacon. A deacon. Yes. Uh, I do baptisms. I can conduct weddings. I do spiritual direction. Uh, now, back up. Uh, I was an adora in the Adoration Chapel for uh, almost 40 years. We had an hour. And we also were a Eucharistic minister. We bring for about almost 40 years, too. We bring Eucharist to the sick. Yeah. And the homebound to the nursing home and to the hospitals and i've seen all kind of miracles i've grown spiritually and i've also grown with knowledge and wisdom uh, by studying and learning about our faith by that i also have to preach once a month at the mass so i preach three masses and then i go to the nursing home bi-weekly and i preach there and whatever else is needed that's called for by the church there so that's that's a big growth. Okay, well, I want to ask him something about that. Now, I know you, you said that uh, pride or dignity got in the way at one time. In Isaiah 6, 8, God asked Isaiah, who will go, who will I send? Isaiah said, send me. Hmm. So I want to ask you, how is your attitude in that field now? Because I, I talked to you earlier, and you said, oh, man, every time, if that, when God said do something, boom. I'm doing it, so why don't you tell me about that? Well, uh, the the answer to the question is, Here I am, Lord, it is I, Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. Now, that's the answer. So, okay. so now, he calls, I answer. He asks me, and I do. Amen. Okay? I guide and I direct. And when I wake up in the morning, my first thing is, good morning, God. How are you? Amen. Now, you say, you cuckoo. No, I'm not cuckoo. <laughs> because God is the big the big guy. He wants to hear from each and every one of us. Yeah, he's alive and then I asked him, I said, well, Lord, today, what have you got planned for me? What do you want me to do? Send the people to me today that I can do for you what you want me to do. Amen. See? Now, Calvin, I, I, I just want to tell you, do you know who his son is? His son is the priest at St. Jules, Father Chauvin, and you never really told me I, that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. You're telling me <laughs> something that odd. Uh, Calvin and I have been doing St. Jules Mass over there. The one with the long beard, yeah, right? That yeah, that Yeah. That's why I went. They told me you need to go because I just shaved this. I got something cut, up, cut caught in there. And uh, that's why I, I went because they said, that's your twin giving Mass. So when I got there... I was looking for the resemblance, uh, and they said, it's the beard. 
That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm yeah, glad you he told that. me this morning. So, Amen. all right, Deacon. So, uh, I know that um, I always, you know, I say people that uh, have entered the the um, holy orders and, and and to be a deacon or a priest, I feel like something supernatural nudged them at some point in their lives in a big way. I know, I know, just for me, and I'm a layperson. It, for me, it was Cursia. We spoke that you're a Cursiesta, but tell us what was that nudge? You, you're from Karen Crow, I believe, originally. When you said you went to Karen Crow High, but 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 where in life did that nudge come come for you? Would you believe at about the age of seven? Wow. Okay. Seven, I had an uncle that was a Christian brother, De La Salle. And when he had his assignments, we'd go over and meet him in Galveston or Bay St. Louis or come over here in Lafayette. And then as I started growing up physically, uh, I was still interested in a priest till I met the girls. <laughs> I can relate yeah. to that. Okay. And uh, that, that, uh, that kind of threw me off track. That was it. That was it until about 18 years old. And then uh, we moved to Mandeville from Lafayette uh, because of my father's job. And, and we were, I was blessed because he gave me a choice, graduate here. I go over there. I said, no, I'm going to stay here. Uh-huh. So I graduated the last class in 1970 from the old Karen Crow High School. Moved over to Mandeville, and I enrolled in school at Southeastern Louisiana. And during my studies, I met my current wife. And we got married, and uh, we four children. And 51 years late and 11 grandchildren late, we're still oh. carrying on. Yes, <laughs> all right, all those uh, young Cajun Catholics out there want to know, how, how does that happen, you know? But tell us how you and your wife met. I want to hear that story. Yes, sir. On the campus at Southeastern Louisiana, uh, <laughs> we were in the student union, and I just kept looking and watching all the different women, and this one just stood out. <laughs> she was she was the peach, so to speak. Uh, and she, I love it. Uh, and she was from Mandeville also, and she had a big family. She's the oldest of of, uh, of the number one out of ten children. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went to introduce myself one day, and we started talking just a little bit, and one thing led to another. And that, I love it. I love right. it. So you're doing homilies, and uh, and and uh, that's a big that's a big deal. Uh, and I, you know, I've often prayed about that. Like, um, you know, that's feel pressured to to say those homilies. But tell me a little bit, maybe in the last few months, a homily homily that you might remember or a gospel reading that that touched you that that you feel like the Holy Spirit really took over and and led you in that direction. Our readings about a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, the truth. And those, there were several pointers in there. I can't exactly remember it, but it talked about how the things that we, how we believe. And the question was, do you, when Jesus told the apostles and his followers, I am he, I am the one, do you believe? And so that led me to do a lot of studies and my homily focused around who do you say that he is? Mm. Do you believe me? And then the challenge to the to the parishioners that were there was where are you at spiritually do you really believe that this is the eucharist that is on the altar do you profess the the trueness of faith and that's pretty much recapped it real quick nice nice you know uh i know this you are the epitome of cajun catholics your voice your accent and everything so what i want to ask you is the fire that you have in you it's obvious that you're led by the Holy Spirit, and I know that you, you go deeper. We prayed this morning, remember? We prayed in the Spirit. So where are you, since you're a, a preach, uh, you know, you do, pre, you know, preach work, 
where are you with the people that are really not understanding the power that's available to us as, you know, parishioners? Very, very simple. Humble. I meet them at their own level. When I talk to someone, I listen, and whatever you do, the Lord says, be in prayer at all times. Yes. Well, part of my prayer is when I meet someone, I'm listening, and I'm paying attention, and that Holy Spirit is really putting that flame on inside for me to respond back to whatever it is. Stranger or friend, I come back to whatever it is that they're talking about whether it's problems or joys or whatever else. The Holy Spirit always comes back because that's the key to being a successful evangelizer, listening. I don't say a word. I just listen. And when I'm finished listening, I have very few words come out until it's time for me to speak. Amen. Calvin likes to say the uh, term real deal. He's the real deal, Calvin. He is I mean, the he's real the real deal. deal. <laughs> you know, God had me seek him out because he said, seeking yourself fine. And I'm glad that uh, I will pass across again. Uh, Ron is one of the few people that I know outside of myself that prays for every situation. And it's not a simple thing. You have to thank God and thank God constantly to remember to do these things. So, Ron, tell us an apostolic moment about you deciding to pray, wait, you know, and pray, and then move on. Tell me some of the uh, things that God has revealed to you using this process of constantly praying for everything. Well, a couple of things. First of all, on a personal level, I don't make a decision without going to him, number one. So whether it's finances or a relationship with my wife or children or somebody else or whatever it is, he's got the first he's got the first crack. Okay. During my time when I meet someone, I'm using that time to listen and while I listen, I formulate what needs to be said through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I'll give you a, something that happened that was very highly spiritual. Uh, one of my good friend prayer buddies uh, asked me to pray for this person that was having problems. So after Mass, we went outside and then we introduced and we go back inside to the church. Well, something really, the Holy Spirit took over. What I did is when I opened up the doors to the church to go back in to pray in front of the uh, tabernacle, I got on my knees. I made the sign of the cross with the holy water and all the way up the aisle to the front of the front of the tabernacle and knelt down my buddy was on the left and she was on the right and she was asking questions and as i was asked as i was listening to her and i was praying i see these big hands come out and i said wow and i said well, what is that and he says and i heard the lord say well that's me then the next thing you know i saw an oblique uh, a bright uh like a fluorescent oblique and as as i was watching it it started turning black and i said well, what are you showing me he says, that's my creation. That's the world. And he said, all that black, he says, that's a sin in the world. And it almost blacked out, and then it changed, and all the little block. And he said, that's my graces. He says, I'm telling you, I'm the creator. I'm the alpha and the omega of the kingdom. And he says, that are the graces that I, that I provide. So that's just one of the yes. many experiences, Ooh, yes. that's you know. Beautiful. And, and, and this woman that I, was, that, that I was praying for, she was asking her the questions. And I'd never seen her before in my life, never better. I was telling her things that were on a personal level that only she knew that went yeah. on in her life. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a great time. want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Deacon Ron Chauvin. He is the deacon at uh, St. Elizabeth Seton here in Lafayette. And uh, um, just in my short time with him, just so many things to brag about him. I, you know, Calvin and I are, are regular adorers, but, but Deacon here has been doing it 51 years in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, so I guess I should ask you this question. Um, for those who are a novice at, at adoration or considering adoration, a lot of people will say, well, I want to go, but I don't know what to do when I get in there. So, so give us a, a blueprint on what you do or what, what you would recommend. Amen. First and foremost, uh, you make the sign of the cross when you're in front of the exposed monsters realize that when you're going to make an effort you're in front of the king of king the lord of lords the most highest authority of anything that can be known okay so you come in there you all wound up from the world what you do you can bring your bible or your rosary whatever else and you can just sit there and you have to unwind so you start letting all the, the noise and the business of the world come down then once you settle into where you're at, you can, if you're praying the rosary or you're praying, reading the Bible, or you're just sitting there. Lots of times I'm so wound up from all the things that goes on when I go into adoration, I just sit there and I don't say anything. And what I do is the first, the only words that come out of my mouth is, here I am, Lord. And I sit there and all my squirmings and everything suddenly it just quiets down. The peace is overwhelming. And then he starts talking to me through the Spirit. I Amen. love it. Uh, you know, this we're taping this show on the heels of Pentecost weekend. And, and Pentecost for me is special because that's when I made my Crescia. And Calvin, he made Crescia 316, just FYI. That's wow. pretty supernatural. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How you like that one? Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, this weekend for me and every Pentecost weekend for me, supernatural things happen. Uh, and, and again, for me, like that piece you spoke of was deafening for me this weekend. It, I could feel it so, it's so powerfully. Uh, it was different for me this weekend. But some of my friends like to sleep in adoration. And I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but uh, what's your take on that? Is that okay? Because, yeah, uh, man, a lot of people, know. you know, want to know, hey, is that okay? In adoration, the Holy Spirit is control. He controls your actions. So if you fall asleep, that's good. If you're reading or you're praying or whatever you're doing, that's all adoring Jesus Christ. Sleeping is a way of just letting it all permeate, let it flow out. Just like like a little like when you brew the coffee, it all falls down. Yeah. Well, all, all your thracas are going to fall out, okay? <laughs> yeah. And what's going to happen is while you're in that restful state, he comes back with the Holy Spirit. He starts filling you up. He says, well, what about my son? What about my daughter? What about my money? What about my car? What about my house? What about my job? All those things have coming out. You don't know it, but that's what your prayers have been before you come to adoration. And now he's filling you up with the answers. You know, a lot of people ask me not what I do, but why I go. And one thing I, I say is, I don't know how that's going to fit in this conversation. What Jesus had told uh, Peter and James, I think that, and John, who was with him, could you not stay awake one hour? And uh, I, be, I, I believe in my heart that we've given him all the hours that he need, like through adoration, like right now. So uh, I, I agree with you because the second time or the third time he t saw him, he said, take your rest, yeah. you know. And uh, so I just wanted to put that out there, you know. Uh, those who want to find a reason to go, 
we need to make up that hour. Just go do that hour. I mean, I do a half hour, you know, because of my condition, but uh, I still visit the chapel. As as a novice, okay, that, that's a, a, an amateur. It's very, very hard to get started, just like Todd said. But what you do is you, you, you have to make an effort. Yes. In other words, he's going to meet you. He's going to prod you. He's going he's gonna to guide you to there and let him do whatever it is that he needs to do for you yeah yeah i gotta show up you know right right and i and the, and the theme of this radio show is here i am lord and that's boy that's Cursia for me yes you know well, uh, my brother made Cursia and uh he, wor- he worked in the body shop at the time and, and he called me the monday morning and he's singing that song to me o- o- over the uh telephone so man <laughs> it takes yes. me back Amen. but uh okay so ron uh t- tell us about um you know you, you mentioned maybe uh we're on the tail end of our lives, you know, and have you thought much about what your legacy should be or what does God have in store for you? Uh, what's he telling you as you move forward? Follow me. Mm-hmm. No end of life legacy. Uh, I take each day at a time. So like I told you earlier, when I wake up, good morning, God, how are you? What do you want for me to do today? How can I do things? And throughout the day, I might read the Bible. I might go to mass. I might go to adoration. I might pray. I might meet someone that needs some help. So it does, I don't have a, a set thing, uh, but I do have things set up so that when we do pass, that those expenses will be taken care yeah, of. Yeah, talking about, wow, that's the Holy Spirit there, because I, I, I don't know, I, maybe I didn't mention this to you, but God put on my heart this this past week to go and take care of burial plots. And I'm, I'm a fairly young guy, I think, and uh, I hope I'm going to be around a little while, but I had all my sacraments at Cathedral, and it's just something that God really put on my heart. And I had a supernatural experience with that. Um, I ended up finding a beautiful spot in, in the graveyard uh, for my wife and I. And so, you know, I don't know. That's something I never thought, like, that would be something that would be important to me. And, and my mother had great significance in that. She bought a lot of burial plots, and it was important to her. And she moved my father around a couple times after he died. I know he didn't like that. But uh, but it was important to her. And, uh, and now, I guess, life's coming around. It's important to me. Yeah, it is important. All right, Calvin, jump in, man. We got a couple. We got about we got about eight or ten minutes left on the show. So okay, uh, we uh, prayed this morning. I said that a couple of times, and I, I heard you praying in the spirit. And it's not many people that I know that do that. For me to have that group experience, I have to go down south to Abbeville. But now I know about four people here in Lafayette that I can call for refreshment. Tell me when you got baptized and uh, praying in the spirit. Now I want to share with our listeners because my wife listens to the show and Calvin's mentioned praying in the spirit many times, but most people don't know what that means. And and that yeah. means praying in tongues. Praying, praying in tongues. Okay. Exactly. All right. What go Paul ahead. talked about, what was happening on Pentecost Sunday. There you go. All right. <laughs> there are many gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Lord listens to all of our prayers as we pray. And he equips us with whatever is necessary to do what he wants to use us for. Uh, About, uh, I'd say, 35, maybe 40 years ago, uh, I was introduced to the charismatic movement. Amen. Okay, and uh, I heard all these people praying in tongues, and we'd pray and everything. And I said, well, that's interesting, you know. And so uh, I said, all right, so I'd like to have the gift of tongues. So I get the gift of tongues uh, down the line. I start praying gifts of tongues, and I start praying with people, and they're looking at me like I'm cuckoo. <laughs> and so I said, now, wait a minute. You know, after I pray with people like that, I, I know what I was praying, but I couldn't tell them. So they said, what are you telling me? So I said, look, Lord, I said, if you're going to use me for the gift of tongues, 
I said, I need to be able to tell that person exactly what we're praying. Discernment. And so he gave me both. So I use it, and when it's time for me, it's just like, boom, there it is. So when I have to do, uh, sometimes I'll be sleeping at night, wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a barrage of gifts of tongues, and then I'll be knowing what I'm praying for. Yes, and I want to say that the only time, and he knows that, that you can pray among people who's not uh, experienced with that is when you have that second gift of revelation. We had that this morning, and I'm still overwhelmed with the experience. So <laughs> I, I would suggest that we study in the Bible to find out about that gift. I, I must add an interesting uh, thing. Uh, my my, uh, my A lot of my counterparts, they can quote the uh, Verse to John three sixteen, draw uh, and all these different ones. Well, I, I happen to have a, a shortage of memory for all these things, so I study a lot and I read a lot. Each day I read the readings, I study the readings, and uh, I meditate on what it says and how it reflects. I pray the morning liturgy, the hours, and the evening liturgy hours, and sometimes the office hours of the day where they, the the person writes about things going on. And through all these studies, I learned that it is good to um, follow or listen to what it is because when you're looking for answers, you go to the Word. Right. The answers are in the Word. So those of you that are not listening or that are new to listening to this program, it's a blessing that if you aren't studying or looking at the words or participating, start doing it. You want to know if you have troubles in your life? Look to God. Ask him. Pick up your Bible and just open it up and look and see. He's got the answers for you. I know you have one scripture that you know. You know, your uh, uh, location and the words, the numbers. I know you know one. You have to have a favorite one. The favorite? Okay, everybody has Psalm 23. I, and when I was working long hours out in New Orleans, I went into adoration. And I always spent my time at lunch in adoration. So one night... After I got off of work a long day, I said, Lord, I said, I'm tired of hearing people with Psalm 23. <laughs> I said, it's over and over and over. I said, I want something that I can identify with you. So I was at the kneeler in front of the monstrous in the tabernacle with Jesus and me and whoever else was in the room there. There was this big old book. I had no idea what the book was. I picked the book up. <laughs> And I looked at it. I didn't even look at it. I just took the book and put it to my chest. And I said, and I asked the Lord, I said, show me. So when I opened it up, Psalm 121. Oh. So when I am in in the battle, somewhere along the line, in my readings or my prayers, somewhere else, Psalm 121 comes up, and it tells me I'm on the right track. All right, yes. give it to us, Galvin. Well, uh, Psalm 121, verse 8, it says, God show, show us our comings and our goings, our rising and our sitting. And that word show us the way. This guy got it, man. I yeah, mean, he's the real deal. When he said 121, <laughs> he freaked me out, you know, because it just so happened I know that song. Deacon, why don't you take us out in prayer? I really appreciate you being here today. Calvin made this happen, and uh, we're just such so blessed to have you here. Why don't yes, you take us God out? God made that happen. The most powerful prayer that anyone can pray. All of you listening, hear this. When the apostles asked Jesus, how do you pray? He said these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. May Almighty God bless all those listening in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Todd, for having Thank us. You. Thank you, dear. Hallelujah. Until next time, uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. God bless. Thank you. Thank you.